1: What's up, creators? This is John, and you have once again found the Sketch Magazine Podcast, and welcome to it. I am here, as always, with Sketch Magazine editor, Bill Nichols, Sketch Magazine publisher, Bob Hickey, and tonight we're going to talk about uniqueness, making your books unique. But first, how are you tonight, guys?
2: Doing great, John. This is Bill.
0: Hey, this is Bob. Doing really well. Glad to have you back, buddy.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thanks for working around my uh, suddenly busy schedule. Well, um, we wanted to talk about uniqueness tonight. Um, The idea of uniqueness is should you follow a trend or should you kind of beat your own path and make your comic something that no one else has. For example, Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at Walking Dead, Walking Dead, um, you know, very popular. Yeah. Um, You know, it's hard to say anything but about Walking Dead, uh, extremely popular. And when Walking Dead became so popular, everybody and their grandmother decided to come out with zombie books. Mm hmm. Zombie this, zombie that, zombies versus cheerleaders, you know, whatever. Tons of zombie books. And it kind of flooded the market. So uh, you as the uh, young creator, you have that as an option. Jump in with everyone else. Or you can beat your own path. So um, I guess we can start with uh, Bob since he was about to say something there. Well, And uh, what do you think about uniqueness?
0: Well, the thing about, if we're going to use Walking Dead as a sample, there's really nothing unique about zombies. There's always been zombies. Right. But to me, when when I tell people when I used to own a store about Walking Dead, it's not about the zombies. It's about people trying to live. And I think that's where a lot of people missed out when they tried to copycat the concept of doing the zombie books is that... You know, yeah, cheerleaders versus zombies, whatever. No, that's not what it's about. It's about this apocalyptic world, you know. So Kirkman sort of took a theme that's old, old and breathed some new life in it. And I, and I think you can do that. You can take, and, and we're discussing it at Skystorm. We're taking this, can we take the superhero genre a little bit? Because that's not all of what is about, and breathe some new life into it. What can we do that's different than ours? You know, ours has really got this time thing based around it. Well, can we play that around the superhero genre, the fantasy genre, the, and everything? So it's sort of you do need your uniqueness and you need your your catch, your your catch all. Um, but then you can also use uniqueness as in an art style, as as Bill does with Robin, an artiste. I mean, that's some awesome looking artwork. Well, I would um, agree. <laughs> of course
1: you would. Um, what is, I mean, we may need to explain the basics of this to people. What does the word unique mean to both of you I, as far as it relates to comics?
0: Well, I think it'd be many different things from concept to genre to, you know, comics are so illustrated base mm-hmm. to the illustration to the to the writing style. And maybe, unfortunately, that might be the least of it all. But, you know, because your visuals catch you first on on, on this comics genre, it, it's the the illustrations. But I think it's a combination of everything. You know, Kirkman zombies was not fresh. Zombies is an old concept but he breathed a fresh thing of life by creating a small group of characters who <laughs> gets a crap knocked at him all the time, you know? Um, yeah. They're not safe. Let's put it that way. Um, so it, that was sort of unique in the writing. Uh, you know, Tony Moore, who I loved, who started that series, um, It was a fresh look as far as the artwork was. was. Um, so, you know, I, I think it... Uniqueness for me is a little bit of everything. And that's what I sort of look at when I'm creating. I I take that back. I don't look to be unique. I create something that I want to do and enjoy doing, and I hope the fans come on for the ride. And I hope it's unique or different enough. Sometimes it is, and I guess maybe sometimes it's not. But all right, Bill, I'll hand it to you.
2: The whole thing about being... um... Being unique, I was actually I was just actually just writing somebody who's uh, I'm known for years, and he's talking about putting his own project out, and that it may not be a success, or it may not be uh, a mainstream success. But the thing is, that it is unique to him. It is his vision. It's his approach. Uh, so I, me personally, I'm interested in seeing what he turns out because. Uh, he has a, an approach that, or a set of ideas or a background that is different from mine. But that's always been the way I've, in a lot of, and a lot of things. Yeah, I have liked things that were mainstream or that were uh, sort of the house style, but it was, a lot of times it was the stories or the characters, but um If you, uh, if you look at the, at what really is unique, everything can be unique for something, whether it's the writing or, like you said, uh, the, the approach, the artwork. Sometimes it's the artwork that grabs you, but it's the story that keeps you. And I think with, when you're doing your own projects, those things are things that you have to really co- have to come out of you. And that's where, where it is as a creator, things coming out of you. And if you are unique, yeah. um, and some people are, and some are more unique than others, then uh, you know, my, my advice is always get it out there. And if, if you're after financial success, then I mean you have to tailor it and temper it for that. But if it's a creative process or creative need, then there's your forum, you know, there's your chalkboard, go write your story, you know, show everybody in the class what you what you can do. Um, how's that?
0: Yeah, pretty good. Bill, you're very unique, by the way. Well, oh, yeah. um, let's just... Same to you. <laughs> um, the, the mutual um, admiration. You know, and, 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 and John, we've missed you the past couple of weeks, but Bill and I have been in some conversations about Skystorm, always use that as a model because that's what we're playing. And right. we've been looking at all the different properties from past to what we're working on now. And it's so much, I, don't, I not really the unique subject has been brought up, but the subject is how do you get people to care about your characters? Because that's your hook. We cared about Harry Potter because we cared about Harry. Down and out, kid who had been treated bad. You know, blah, blah, blah. We care about Spider-Man because we were raised basically with him. Um, It's how do you get people to care about your characters? Is it a set of unique situations? Um, And how do you even get it out to the people? So, um, you know, it's just doing a unique book. um, As some creators that we all know have done, and some have been successful, and some of them have had to bust their tails to get any sales at all. On the project, and they're different, and they're great projects.
1: Well, I think uh, my my notion is, that if you want to uh, if you want to get them, you have to make it a compelling story. It has to have something in it that's really going to grab the emotions of the audience. Mm-hmm. That, at least back in the early days, that would seem to be why. So many uh, superhero origins began with some sort of death, you know mm-hmm. because everybody had everybody had death in their life at some point or time. so you make that connection with the reader. it's like oh my my parents were killed by rubber and it's like, oh well, my grandfather died, okay, I'm interested now, you know. I'm going through the grieving process. I want to see what this person's grieving process is. But um, I was thinking, looking at it from a different angle, um, I absolutely love the work of David Mack. Yeah. Just, just, you know, love everything he's ever put his hands on. But I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, really. You know, it's, it's a style that not everyone gets into. Is it possible to unique yourself right out of the game? I think so. You know, um, can you be too unique?
0: I, I've known David since he was in high school, because he's you know he came from this area. He used to work out of my studio at night, um, right. burning up my copiers. <laughs> I always teased him, <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed more of his traditional work than his more unique work that he's doing now but on the flip side of it the unique work that he's doing now has gotten him more uh, attention and i think a lot more opportunities have opened opened up to him to do television and media and you know he's he's doing stuff at marvel still and uh so those opportunities may not have opened up for him if he hadn't continued to push his skills and his talents and move stuff along as he wanted it to go. So, you know, I do I enjoy what he's doing right now? I'll be honest, not as much as I used to. It's just not my cup of tea, though. So, but I, he still has a good following. And there's a lot of people out there love him to death. I like David, don't get me wrong there. I just... I wish he'd kick back and give us a good old Kabuki story at some point in time, just for the heck of it, you know?
1: Get off the collage stuff a little bit.
0: Well, even then, he could still play the collage, but more of a storytelling, more breaking down a little bit more storytelling, not so much. uh, If I want to read a novel, I'll read a novel. And I don't mean that harsh at all, but I know I'll probably get slammed. Believe me, yeah, I, I I knew David for all of you guys knew David. Let me put it this way: so, and uh, I still like David very much. But yeah, I mean, you can. I think you can sometimes you make yourself right out of a gig, or a readership, or uh, you know, you, you've got to be careful. But sometimes pushing a boundary like like David, it's worked for him. You know, yeah.
1: I think of the uh, Echo stuff he did with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. It, in Daredevil, you know, where they introduced Echo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I really like the way he built that story. And I, I don't know if I could see just a regularly written story or regularly written, regularly drawn story have as much resonance as it did with all the collage points and all the... Uh, you know, ancillary stuff that he put in there. So, right. But, you know, I'm, there's also, I don't know that those couple of issues did all that well. So, that's what I was, uh, that's what I was thinking. But what were you going to say, Bill?
2: I don't know. I was just listening to you.
1: <laughs> I derailed
0: your train of thought.
2: It's all right. doesn't take much to rock that boat rock that train rock that train
0: um, but, um, I, I think those issues did well because if you remember it was a bendis hookup too right yes. and daredevil was doing very well at the time um i think i think it was good for david because he, ha- he still had he still had to reframe to a marvel formula i talked to him about the artwork and the coloring and how they were mimicking his ways of doing a lot of it and they were doing that. Through production, not not having him do 100% of it. But, um, you know, he, he slid a lot of his stuff in there. It was beautiful work. I agree. That's a heck of a character, a heck of a concept. He gave Marvel. You know, he's He continues to push it. I think I just saw some something he's working on, an illustration not too long ago, earlier this week. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, it had to be on Facebook. It was a work in progress, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hopefully, we'd we'll see him well, at Cincinnati Con too. I think is he coming in town for that? Does anybody know?
1: I'm not sure. I haven't heard his name mentioned yet. But.
2: Okay. Anything well,
1: is possible.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that was from a period. I I was aware of it, but I wasn't in really. Well, I wasn't reading comics hardly at all. So, <gasps> uh, yeah, Shut it's you. true. I'm still playing catch up on some things so so that's why it's one of the the attractions of trade paperbacks and stuff. so and facebook cuz some of the people were running old stuff just like my old league example
0: yep I was seeing those today
2: mhm yeah cuz some people hadn't seen them so I just shared them in general
1: Well we're so, uh, supposed to be the how to guys here. Mm-hmm. So Well I mean how can we mm-hmm. how can we advise someone to achieve uniqueness? I mean it's kind of a a theory of concept.
0: It is. I, I think what you gotta do is dabble around and play around with a couple of things and and see what works and what doesn't work for you or for a possible readership and then run with it. Um sometimes it clicks. And sometimes I think you just finish out your story for that project and then you would start a new project with uh maybe try something a little different, you know? Um tell you who we've really gotta bring on and it's the person who brought this up. That's Eric Adams. Oh yeah. I think his project was very unique, very different, very focused. He completed it. It is complete, right? Oh yeah, it's done. Yes. And uh, I'm really interested to hear where his next adventures are going to lead him and if it's going to involve in a new art style or will he continue to burn up the uh, gray COVID markers or not, you know. So uh, we definitely have to contact Eric and uh, see if we can get him on and talk to him about it. Uniqueness. I I think it's got to evolve, or you make it evolve. Um, Like I said, we're right now looking at Skystorm stuff, saying, "Okay, we have some super, flat-out superhero stuff. What makes this different? Or is there anything that makes this different from Marvel, DC? You know, and that's that's who you're butting your heads up against, or what can you do to make yourself different, unique? You know, so." Part of it is how do you market too. and I think there's unique and different ways that I'm going to use that word unique every time I say something. Now, um, of <laughs> I, I think there's some different ways that you can you can let readership know about your project that you have to, and then see if you can get a readership built up. It, it's 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 probably the most aggravating th- thing in this whole comic industry is building up your readership. I'd rather write, draw, color, letter, anything, than get out there and beat the pans and yell, come and look at this. It's just, I, I don't, it's, us creators, it's, it's really hard. So, and I know, that's another direction, so, draw us back in, John.
1: Draw us back in. Okay, what do you think, Bill? Do you have, uh, do you have the all-over surefire way that someone can be unique?
2: Well, like I said before, it when you are doing when you are creating stories or um, projects, whatever, it comes out of you. So you, by your very definition, are a unique individual, and that goes the same. Even if it you have two inkers, for example, I was just talking to Jerry Foley earlier, and thinking back to the days when we used to ink the same pages, and uh, the different approaches that we both had to the same page, and I learned from his page, and, and I learned about critiquing or um, you know portfolio review kind of from that by trying to uh, make us both better and ready for um, you know conventions and stuff. So people are unique, and as what, what there are there are people who just try to. Um, get work and that's I understand that by following um, maybe a formula or just trying to not rock the boat not try to go out of um, a, a sort of a set of um, you know parameters that uh, is gonna uh, make them too unique with a capital T and a capital U you know Um I do know people who thrive on being unique. That's their stick. That's their uh, stock and trade is to be uh, not like anybody else, and that's sort of their voice. But I remember uh, several years ago, minute um, well, however many years ago, friends of ours that um, Ed Decker and uh, Steve, got him Steve, went to New York and uh they went to marvel and one of the things that the pieces of advice that they got was either make your your style at that point was make your style just like everybody else's or make it something different that gets you noticed now the thing is that you have to have some sort of talent not just be unique because i've seen some um crap marvel work you know that's just you know to be honest that's it is it is different yes but it is not um, appealing and um it's it, it, for a while there, it was sort of a style that i don't know somehow somebody picked up it's sort of the that rough look that sort of a realistic type of art and in some cases it works but when you start seeing it on all kinds of gritty nitty gritty stories like it's kind of like the stuff that goes on Punisher doesn't always translate well to some other character you know Captain America or maybe something else whatever it may be or Wolverine sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't Um, and part of that is I was also the artist but it seems like there was for a while there there was a uh, it was unique yes it was a unique style but there were several people doing it and that made it uh, not so much unique, but it made it annoying. Right. So, um, but I, I, again, unique is a definite draw to to a lot of people um, because it is kind of like a punctuation on your on your day. It's it's like saving. If you're reading the comic saving Calvin and Hobbes to the very end till when Calvin and Hobbes was still being published uh because you have all the other comics but then you have something special and being unique can be something special and that's what you're going for is something special not just being different but being uh the best that you can be and if that is what you want to uh how you want to define unique uh that's okay but I, I think you have to go for quality as well, not just being different. Because, it, like I said, I know people who thrive on being different or unique, but it doesn't always mean that they are better than anybody else or even close. Hansi.
0: Well
1: we, Nancy, uh, we talked earlier about um, how Kirkman managed to make Walking Dead unique amongst zombies. Uh, books. Um, take the concept of superheroes. Off the top of your heads, how would you make the concept of superheroes unique over what we've seen before?
0: Well, we, are you talking? Yeah, who are you go, talking go to? Ahead. Whomever. Yeah. Whomever. Ahead Everyone's Well, we play. sort of years ago played around that with uh, Storm Quest, and how can we make a team? of superheroes family-based you know we've all seen that before but what can we do different and that's where we really played the time angle and the time storm and I mean we've barely scratched the surface on what Havoc or what that could do and what this team can involve in Um, you know I was very lucky to bring Tom and Mary Bierbaum in who'd wrote you know Legion of Superheroes Legionnaires and many image books and everything to to, uh, work on it and that's sort of, I think, we'd already played around with time with Blood and Roses. And it's sort of where our, we moved into our uniqueness is, is the time travel or the the uh, ominous time storm that appears. And uh, that was what we used. I think it's hard, it's hard to do anything flat out new, never been done before. But what can you give it your spin... Um, you know, for boom, Mark Wade took a superhero and the superhero said, screw it, I'm going to be bad. So then that pissed off his main villain, who then says, wait a minute, if you're not going to be good, you're going to be bad. Well, then I got to stop you. So now I got to be good. So they, they based two books and had a good run on both books just by taking the general concept of hero and flipping them around and villain flipping them around correct yes. and that was good stuff is it the best stuff in the world no but it was good story good art and it was a neat little twist on what they're doing you know uh alan moore did Watchmen, which we've all read and mm-hmm. followed and everything so that was a neat twist uh, he was actually basing that off of old charlton characters Mm-hmm. to when DC figured out they didn't have the rights to use the Charlton characters. They, you know, Alan Moore created his own characters to fill the roles. But um, he was using pre-established characters and he was giving them a twist. He was giving them a different angle, different view. Um, so, you know, and then you even go to, to uh, uh, Frank Miller who took Batman and did Dark Knight. What happens when he gets old and cranky and still wants to kick everybody's butt? Which I understand they're getting ready to come out with a video of that. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Yeah, cart animation. It looks pretty good. I've seen a sample online. It's, it's taking certain situations and making them unique. It, is, it, is it so much the characters and them, or it's the way the creator brings his vision, his look, to make it unique? Make it his or theirs? Yeah. Most of the time it's theirs when you're working in comics. Right. So.
2: Yeah, Yeah, because if you if you want to use Frank Miller as a as an example, and I would, when he took over Daredevil, um, that was unique, and it was a style, and it it stood out. But the thing was, it was it was pretty damn good, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and that is that should be your thing is not just to be unique. That should be your you know your goal should be to be good, to be the best that you can be. And tell the story that really needs to be told. Um, like I said, it, just standing out is not just the thing; it's, it has to be something more than that. Because if you don't, you're selling yourself short—not just your readers, not just whatever—but you're selling yourself short as a creator by just trying to hit this niche that says unique. Um, because six months from now, a year from now, when you look back on that experience, once you. You have, you know created this thing and said well you know I'm I am uh, a unique creator or you know I have this book is it the, was it the story that you wanted to tell was it what you wanted to put out there and that's what that should be your goal is to to put out what there to put out there what it is that you um, are striving for you know the best that story that you can produce right. Whether or the best art or best whatever, um, like I said, that can go hand in hand. Um, whether you know, whether it is style, whether it is unique, whether it is story, whatever, those things can be co uh, mutual goals if you want to go that way. But like I said, I know I know a couple of people who have sort of pigeonholed themselves as being um, different. Mm-hmm. But it is almost like different in the, uh, almost like sandpapers. It's rough going. It's, it's not, uh, a pleasant experience sometimes. And maybe, and and in some cases that is what their goal is, is to not be a pleasant experience. is to make you think, but it distracts you by being different. I mean, we can go around and around on, on style and, and all that, but, um, well, I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, we, we were talking
0: about Frank Miller. You said when he took it over, mm-hmm. you know, Frank actually drew a couple issues with the right, writer right. who was writing it, and that was Roger McKenzie. Right. You know, Roger got let go of Daredevil, and the book got handed to Frank. And, yeah, he, you know he brought Bullseye, who was a who's that guy, who's that villain, and made him something huge. He's willing to sacrifice one of his characters he created to make mm-hmm. that villain. Now Roger McKenzie went on and did a, a independent creator-owned project with Paul Smith called um, Mike Mahogany, Detective PI, which is very was very unique and was a very cool little project. He didn't, you know, he did a long run on Daredevils, but so like he stepped out of his comfort zone and did better work, and was you know, I don't know what he's doing now, but um, it, it was very cool stuff, and you know, is it unique to Back with Frank. Is it unique to build up somebody to, to have them taken out? And that's sort of, if you if you read any Walking Dead or followed the series, you realize nobody is safe. Mhm. And if you read some of the comics, John, have you read any of them?
1: Yeah, I read a few. Uh,
0: nobody at all is ever safe. Is oh, all no. I can say. And it's just, you know, I don't know. I I think he. Um, I think Robert might have read a little George R. R. Martin too much of that. So, (laughs) one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones got killed right off the bat when the first novel. So, Um, you know, it's just that's, that's sort of unique in itself because Marvel really will never, ever let anybody go. Even now, Brian Bendis is bringing back Jean Grey. It's just a younger version of her with Marvel now. That's the young team of X-Men. They're going to bring to the current Marvel universe, but it's still Jean Grey, and she's still back. So it's sort of like in that universe. Marvel to see nobody's ever gone. So I don't know. I think. So do you say? Okay, I'm going to create this character only to have her gone. You know, build up the audience to get everybody to like this person, and then off them. Is that, is that, you know, I I think the concept, I don't know.
2: Well, I think that's where you start having to be true to your story or your, your characters. Is that, is that, are you killing somebody off just to kill somebody off to be, um, uh, provocative? Yeah, there you go. To, to be provocative or is that the truest story that you have to tell, because if it is, then yeah, I can see that. Right. It it may make people mad, but then again, if you do make people angry with, because you've killed off somebody that they have uh, invested in, then your thing was a success because you have touched people um, that you have connect your character have connected with people and have resonated with, them, your readership, and yeah, then I, then I think that's, you know, that's a worthy thing, really. Right. Don't do it just to do it, but do it because that's what needs to happen. Right. Because walking dead. Yeah. 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 Nobody's
0: safe. (laughs) Um, well, in a project I'm working on, have worked on for a long time, still wanting to get it out next year. There's a character that was not a part of the whole original concept um, from plot, you know, the whole story idea until I feel like I needed somebody there to play off the main character, hopefully build a readership for that person. And then they, because they weren't the original, wasn't there originally, they, you know, would be offed. And I've already got it all planned out, exactly at what stage and how it goes and and everything. So that that's not like, oh, I'm just going to do it to get, you know, a, a – well, I hope I do. I hope I get a lot of shit for it to be playing because then I know people really cared and I did my job as a writer. Because if somebody says, oh, well, there we go again, it's sort of like, man – you're not really doing a job of writer. You didn't build that character up enough make that character stand out enough for people to care where they get off or not. Yay or nay? Yeah. No, I think that's valid. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Bill, I was thinking of a Ouch. book you worked on. Ouch.
0: Yeah, I... I nothing. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Okay. Now, Bill, I was thinking of a book you worked on back uh, in the day and it uh-huh. was new, unique for its time, uh, mentioning Tom and Mary bomb dead kid. Right. was, was a fairly unique concept. Um, was, do you remember that being the kind of driving force behind it was to keep it unique and interesting or was it, uh, was it something else?
2: Well, for me, it was, um, fun. Um, uh, that was a. I got to ink this guy named Joe Caroni <laughs> and uh, work with Tom and Mary. That to me, that was uh, incredible. That I got to you know to work with Tom and Mary, who I already liked, is you know because they wrote the Legion, and then I would get these pages, and I, I you know, I, I was like, you know, thunderstruck getting these pages. And that was a different a different time but to me it was it was interesting and it was um different from <clears throat> different from other things that were coming out and i think um i think marvel came out with something uh, mort the dead teenager yes. or something like that and uh, yeah. i just happened to think of that but that came out after when we'd already yes. yeah we'd already started but but, but the, by the fact that it was moral you know yep. more people probably saw it on the stands they may not have bought it I don't, I, I don't I've never read it but um, but um, to me that that was a unique approach and a unique concept a unique creator own concept plus I had Keith Giffen cover and mm-hmm. um, there was to me there were several cool things about it and just being involved in, with it so, um,
0: well, it was unique. It was sort of a humorous story right. about a kid who dies and comes back alive because of an amulet, and they did all these twists on. Do you know how many people are dead? And you know, they had all kinds of weird little facts and stuff throughout the book that was sort of mm-hmm. humorous, but yet when you think of it, you're like, oh, okay. Um, it was an neat project. And one that will be out digital end of the year, by the way. We're going to get those issues back out digitally. So. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was different. It was unique. Um Unfortunately, it hit in the mass of black and white explosions. And it was hard to keep any kind of uh, readership. Because you were getting no help from any distributors or anybody out there. So, um it was really hard to, to keep it going. We published two issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe moved on to become the Star Wars true blood artist of today that he is.
2: So, Star Trek. Star Trek. Cover. Yeah, and, he's doing yeah, everything. He's
0: so... That's another person we need to drag on this podcast. Mm-hmm. True. He's,
2: yeah. he's done some how-to stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done some stuff with Sketch. Mm-hmm.
0: So... Um, We've been at this for a little while, guys. Okay. Um, and I think we could go round and around and round what uniqueness is, and what you know you can do to be unique. And I think it really just comes down to you've got to do what you want to do. If you're doing this as an independent creator, at the end of the day, you really got to enjoy what you're doing, or it's not going to happen. It's not ever going to get finished. It's not ever going to get on the schedule. It's never going to come out. Because you've got to enjoy it. Um, I, I tell you, one thing, I thought of this earlier when we were talking. I think one of the problems I've got with Clay's Way is got it's not unique enough. The kid doesn't have enough attitude or the panda's not bad enough. I don't know. Um, and And truthfully, it is what it is. And it's what we want right now. We've got some ideas for stories, but we're not changing who the characters are. But I think we could have spun it a different way. We might have got more readership for it, but it's not what we wanted to do. It's not, at the end of the day, what I've got on screen is exactly what we wanted, you know. And we're happy with the readership we're having, this, you know, a small readership that we have right now. Um, so you can't just do unique, you can just do uniqueness and sacrifice your story and characters if you want, if that's what you want to do. But sometimes at the end of the day, you just got to do what you want to do and be happy with what you produce. And I truly do believe there's an audience out there for everybody, for anything. There's just way too many different people out there. Not to, if you can draw attention using the internet or whatever,
2: you can get a readership built up. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he, the the more
0: I like how Bill goes, oh yeah, Bob, whatever, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> whatever you say, no, Bob. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh... No, no, I think that with uh, I think that the people who listen to this podcast and, and even beyond, one of the things is that because there is such a, a diversity of things out there that and the, there are some people who just don't know. What else is available? I think this is a chance for people to expand the literacy base, to expand the, the comic book reading base, and recruit other people. Because if you like something, if you th- find it a little uh, different, a little, and you know somebody who might appreciate that, it's always fun to you know hand that off and see if somebody else likes it as well. Right. You know, um, like I said, it's a, it's a chance to sort of broaden things because the more readers there are out there readers. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you have a a chance to increase the numbers, increase um the potential audience for your book, the books you like, uh the better books hopefully, and you know, cream will rise, you know, and um you know, take that chance. There you go.
0: Cool. Sorry. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as always, if you got any questions or anything, you know, send us questions, or if you have more to add to this, or if you just think we're full of it, um, you know, send us a uh, an email at uh, podcast at uh, sketchmagazine.net, or uh, drop us a message over at uh, Sketch Magazine over on Facebook, uh, wherever on Facebook, and... Uh, John, are you uh, happen to be on that uh, ComicRelated.com sketch page?
1: I do, indeed. I am right there. Would you
0: like to catch up, people, on a few recent posts?
1: Certainly. Um, I've been on the inking information kick for the past few days. So uh, um, the most recent one was one on inking tools and a little plug for Blue Pro in there. Um, another one is... I came across a teacher who apparently um, introduced how to ink into his class. And he's uh, essentially teaching how to ink while he's inking. So, And has one of his students filming it. So Mm. check that out, definitely. I've got two on using electronics to ink your page, one on Photoshop, one on Adobe Illustrator. Uh, Beyond that, I have a... I never get this guy's name right, but it's Todd and Nock, Nook, Uh, very famous guy. I worked for a lot of companies, but I can never say his name right. Um, but it, him drawing a black widow at San Diego, uh, the truth about sketchbooks, um, distress markers, which is something that I just found out about recently. Hmm. Those are cool. And then the last, uh, few before that is Copic markers. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Copic Markers myself the last few days, and uh, there are several tutorials on different things about Copic Markers. Oh. So I think that's a, I think that's a good overview of what's there. Uh, if you want to check them out, go to com slash sketch, and uh, you can check them all out.
0: Awesome. Bill, will you hand me over to Sketch page, or...?
2: I can be there in a second. All
0: right, you got a second.
2: All it is all it is, is a tab at the top of Comics Mentor.
0: Oh. Yeah,
2: there we <laughs> go. <laughs> That's a
0: good way to when plug we... Comic Mentor there. There you go.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, we have uh, Inking with Skull from PvP, which was posted by John. Um <laughs> posted a three-part thing drawing superheroes it's mostly an overview of different people drawing superheroes uh, that's it's a three-parter and of course the uh, sketch magazine podcast
0: yeah last
2: one yeah so I mean there's always good stuff on there to if you're just in a, a mood to uh, find tips and or just watch other people create that's what's i mean really that's it's cool just to click on this stuff and then watch things happen uh, and then having them possibly explain it that's just becomes teaching moments even though they may never have realized that that's what they were doing they're just talking about what they love doing and voila
0: to me it's a lot of inspiration or a lot of uh Kicking myself in the butt, your comic mentoring, like you know, if I watch a, a Scott Kurtz who's just pulling off these beautiful lines on a monitor, I don't know how he does it, and uh, or some of the old talent that's just talking about being in the industry. I really love those videos when I when I need it, when I need a little kick in the butt to get going, they're great. Or if I'm looking for a certain talent or how to do something, you know. So the videos are good, and we're getting videos posted every day at SketchMagazine.net. Um, we've also got the forums up and running. Um, they are fixed by the way, guys, Uh, I don't know if y'all knew it, but we were having trouble posting artwork. And last week we talked about people going and building their portfolios. Problem was when I went in there to try to build a sample portfolio, it didn't work. Uh Yeah. So, uh, Darren Mueller at Ringtail Cafe, uh, him and I got in there, we figured out what was wrong and fixed it. And now you can just build your portfolios up there and post artwork and uh, run with it. Show samples. We'll get some contests running now. So that's all fixed. Um, There's also the latest podcast links there. And beginning this week, the Sketch Store is live. So if you ever want a back issue of Sketch Magazine, it's available. We currently have all back issues available in print. We have most of them as digital downloads and as of yesterday or as of today which for you guys it's already been done for about 3 or 4 days uh the subscriptions are live so if you currently don't have a subscription to sketch and want one it's available if you currently have a subscription then stay tuned to the website we've got some announcements and some cool stuff coming along for you Uh, Because we really appreciate you hanging in there with us while we've been trying to get everything reorganized. Um, We are scheduled for November release. I know we've been saying August, September, October. But as I said in the last podcast, uh, working with Diamond has sort of been fun. No, not really. But um, we will be in the next previews that comes out the end of this month, August. And uh, we will be out in November with the issue that's sitting here. Uh, I'm going to clean it up and tweak it a little bit over the next few months, but it's ready to roll. And at that point on, we'll be out every two months. Yay! And you can keep up with us Yay. at this beautiful site we're working on here. That's always in the tweaks. So. It happens to have a comic mentor tab on the co- top of it. Is,
2: anyth- wow. is anything going on over there? Well, by coincidence, if I click that tab... Yes. <gasps> It takes me to Comics Mentor. Huh. That's amazing. Uh, I think the last time um, Ethan, Ben Skyver, had posted a couple of things, which uh, thought provoking things and uh, things just good thoughts. And last week, uh, Stacey Haddock, who's a uh, she was landing Lang on Superboy, and she's a beautiful actress, she reposted something and it happened to, I happened to see it kind of it's one of those things where i i i sort of needed to hear it or to see it um, because it was something that, that i needed and that's the for me the thing about comics mentor is that if i write a post and all that it's something that i need and if it benefits somebody else and i thought i would share that and uh of course there's a you know picture of her all right just a face shot but face shot but um but yeah i mean i there there have been several people lately who have um been kind of sharing of themselves or sharing of their thoughts and that inspires me. So apparently as I have inspired other people through the past and as comics, you know, through Comics Mentor, then uh, it's come full circle and it will continue to run its circle. Um, Because other people who have followed me in turn inspire me sometimes when they write me back. Some people have shared uh their stories and would not have had the courage that, according to them if I hadn't uh, been sharing of you know my thoughts and my feelings and my advice whatever but uh, and I always want to know what some who somebody's mentor is you know or who are your mentors uh, because I will continue to run those if somebody sends them to me because I think that's interesting I, how you got to the the point where you did. Um, yeah, I want to know that. And hopefully, you know, you want to share it with other people because I, I, I'm sure it's just like telling your, your second grade teacher, how much you learned from her and, um, how she was your favorite teacher, that kind of stuff that touches somebody else's life. So that's what we're about. And that's what we're about with this podcast. touching your life, your creative life. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. Can you have a negative mentor? I mean, my art teacher in high school used to kick me out twice a week, so I was determined work. to do artwork just to tick her off.
2: Um. Well, she would qualify. She I mean, would.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> I mean, look at Gary Barker um, when he was a Joe Orlando that just you know mm-hmm. roasted him, mm-hmm. and he was determined to become better. So that you know, yeah in a negative way you can take that negative and turn it into a positive. So right. I would still say that could be a a mentor, not in the way they ever intended it, maybe. But um, some do, actually. You know, negative, you know, the, the reverse psychology.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Does that ever really work with kids?
2: No. I'm um, more because no. they're too smart. Yeah, I
0: know. Damn kids. Um, I still think that art teacher was only there because she was a cheerleader coach all right Uh, uh, still 30 something years later i still say that's it but anyway um hold a grudge much no not at (laughs) all can you tell no um cool hey guys john it's good to have you back buddy thank you and uh let's keep these rolling we've done like seven in a row so we're back we're cranking them out sketch will be back out as you guys have please check out the site we're really we're really working hard on it it's sketchmagazine.net um all the podcast index the store everything's there you know support us get in there even if you just stop by and look at some of the articles let us know what else you would like to see there jump in the forums and contribute there um i promise you we get into the fall we'll do some contests and giveaways and uh we're gonna have fun making comics should be enjoyable, fun and i think when you're enjoying it you're having fun especially as a group remember the old afterburn group we had together mm-hmm. that was a blast guys we had a blast up in san diego or san yeah chicago we had a blast there it's just great communicating and sharing and uh i know it's a little different now than it was back then because now we got facebook but also facebook isn't as intimate it's a great way to reach people but i still think there's a good use for forms in uh, private areas like that where we can really get in there, hunker in, and share some stuff and have some fun. So, um, Forms are there. Uh,
2: john, how can they reach you, bud?
1: The easiest way to reach me is john at comicrelated.com
2: Alright. Bill? Comicsmentor at gmail.com
0: You can reach me directly at H at bluelinepro.com and you can reach all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net and uh, that's it guys I appreciate you and we will do this again next week very cool alright take care guys you as well later